Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Hila. I really appreciate you guys being here, and I'm really, really excited to share this episode of me interviewing Shlomo and Shifra Klein of Felicia Mag. And it was kind of like a surreal um, experience for me um, because, like, they're kind of famous and really cool. And um, I don't really, I've never met them or spoken to them. I follow them on Instagram and I um, commented on their posts and they've been super helpful and responsive, but I never really got to speak with them. And I have heard uh, Shifra being interviewed on other podcasts and they just seem like a really interesting couple to get to know. And um, just as a side note, I actually like don't really like to send my guests questions before the interview because I really like having organic conversations um but what happens a lot is that afterwards I'm thinking like wow I had so many more questions for them so and a lot of times people want to be prepared like they don't want to be like caught off guard so I do send like some questions but I this like interview so did not need that it went like in whatever direction came up and it's really interesting, like, not, there's not so many people who I've interviewed who know so much about intuitive eating, except for, like, the dietitian or therapist type of guest, but everybody has a story, everybody has a food background, obviously, because everybody eats, and especially in the firm world, yes, there's a lot of things that revolve around food, so then there's also a lot of things that revolve around our relationship with food, and then couple that with diet culture, so... Hearing um, this couple and this, um, not just a couple, but they work together, these business owners talking about their relationship with food growing up, how it is now, and their whole world is surrounded by food because that is their business. They own a magazine, a food magazine. So it was just really interesting. And, you know, I, I learned a lot and I also like gained a new perspective. So I, it's interesting. I do that a lot with my clients, like to hear like different people's stories and different people's perspectives. And obviously in this way, I was not counseling them, but it was really interesting to hear their perspective. So I really enjoyed it. I hope you'll enjoy it too. And let's get to the show. Hi everyone. And welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everybody. I'm Eula Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have Shlomo and Shifra Klein from Flesh Wag. I, I feel really cool. I'm just saying that. 
um, can you guys well, really happy to be here? Thank you for having us. Sure. I I love you guys. I follow you on Instagram. I, I love the magazine. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live? What do you do? So we are based in the five towns um, and we basically produce Flayshicks magazine. Um, I run the editorial side of things. Um, the, I'm the editor in chief. So I plan all the content, uh, the photo shoots. I also style the photos. So that's pretty much what I do. She also develops a lot of the recipes. Right. Every issue will have a bunch of her recipes. A lot of times there'll be no names. She's very humble. <laughs> Speaks and I handle, yeah. yeah, I handle the business side. I do all the, the marketing, subscriptions, distribution, sales, social media, sales, printing. Yeah, and also Shlani is the one that is basically more of the social person in our relationship. So also in Flashix magazine, so he's the one that's in touch with everyone, and that's a very big part of running any business. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. it's very interesting. Okay, so I. I heard you guys, I've heard you should on other podcasts. Um, so I think people kind of know like how it came, how the magazine came to be, but can you tell us like a little bit more about like your background? Like was, was this where you like saw yourself going? And I guess like I'm asking a lot of questions, but like you guys are married, like working as a couple, like was it? I'll, 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 I'm going to answer that question even though you directed it to Shifra and I'll let her, I'll let her chime in. We were both actually working other jobs. Shifra has a master's in education. She was working in that. I think she got bored of it, really. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I was actually, I'm a cipher, I'm a, a scribe, and I specialize in tefillin bottom and tefillin boxes. I actually come from a family of scribes. And what started off as just a good idea, there were no publications on the market back in 2010. Right. Yeah. So we Schiffer decided to start a magazine and it was like, why not? What's the big deal? How hard can it be? Mm -hmm. And she went for it. I basically took like a really major back seat. What did I do? I think I got the website going and we started a subscription. We didn't even know did straight away. You still did all the technical things. Like you just naturally did right. that because that's your strong suit. But we just kind of went for it. Because I was like, I was like, I'm going to do everything. And then I sort of started to ask him for help. <laughs> so he got roped into so it. So while we were doing these other, um, our, our jobs, this was like something more kind of a hobby on the side, but yeah. it very quickly, it, uh, it took off. It took off big time. And then the funny thing was within three, three, four months, so three other publications came out. Wow. This so, was, this, the, the magazine's been out since 2010. In 2010, we started a magazine called Batea Yeah. Flayshix um, is very new. It's two years. It's within, we're in our second We've been year. in the industry for about 10 years now. Yeah. But um, we started this magazine called Batea Um Again, out of our tiny apartment in Crown Heights. Actually, we have pictures put away somewhere. One day we'll pull them out of, of the kitchen that, that we used to produce this insane amount of recipes. And it was not normal. But, um, a, a deal came about two of the other um, publications fell away like was in the first year and joy of kosher approached us joy of kosher's jamie geller um her investors approached us and we actually made a deal that made sense for us we weren't doing it for ourselves right so we basically went on to publish jamie's magazine for seven or eight years and yeah. when they went more digital we kind of knew the market we knew there was a need for print and we decided let's get back into it and do it ourselves, but with experience. Yeah, and what's interesting is that we've never really had an official business plan or like major goals and um, nothing was ever very official. The whole process from beginning 
till end was very organic. I think we've been like modern Hamish, like through and through. Yeah, our very, business, yeah. our food. Our I think <laughs> that's what also helped us survive all the other more publications because they were so much bigger than us, but it worked to our benefit that we were smaller and just more like going with the flow. We were able to adapt. Our business expenses were much lower than everyone else's. And that's what helped us stay in the industry. At this point, we learned so much that we just naturally just knew how to get a magazine like Fleashex up and running in a way that we never knew when we started with Teavon. So we sort of learned on the job. Okay, so I have like so many questions on that. Okay, yeah. go over it. What, I, I actually interviewed Rifty Itzkowitz a few months ago, who she interviewed you, and I asked yeah. like a similar question, um, but I, I think it's an important question for my podcast specifically, is like, where did you get that confidence? Like, just for me, like I started my business about mm -hmm. like, three years ago, and I had to hire a business. It's all her. So where, where is it from? Is it from your parents? Are you just naturally confident? Like, like to not like I made my business plan because I'm like at least I can fall back on like I'm doing something because I lack that confidence. But where do you right. have that confidence from? Um, I have to think about it. I'm not very like. Um, no, Schiffer is very confident. So I think it comes from I was the oldest in the fa in my family. We're actually we're both the oldest yeah. in our families. My parents always let me take charge of things and choose things and like. Being, like when my parents bought a new, it's, a, it's very stupid, but when I was like 16, my parents bought a new furniture set and they brought me with them and I chose the furniture set. <laughs> <laughs> or like I was able to drive from a very young age. They really gave me a lot of independence, independence and they really listened to me, um, partly because of my personality, I guess. I was the oldest and I was very like I had that also, but not the same opinion. way you did. Right. They really listened to me and like listened to what I had to say. I think that was a very big part of that. And also there's a personality of like just naturally, I also, um, I don't know if I take things so seriously in a certain way, like I'm very easy going. You know, right. I so that, 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 first, that first photo shoot, I remember yeah. Schiffer just found a random person and you, you took your sister who was the official food yeah. stylist. She cooked food, she packed food, and she drove out to New Jersey, New Jersey somewhere, yeah. like some random place. It was just like, she just did it. It was like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think also when we made mistakes, like in the beginning when we just started, I had the first mag the first issue. So obviously I was passionate about food, but I didn't know much about writing recipes in a way that's a magazine level. So obviously there were certain inconsistencies and mistakes, let's say, in the first issue. Um, but I was able to be like, people told me, obviously, I got feedback. I was able to listen to it, but it didn't kill me, which I think is what really makes a difference where you're able to make mistakes and hear the feedback, but still continue to do what you want to do and grow from it. So I think that was also something that really helped us grow. Mm -hmm. So you guys are both the oldest. So how many younger siblings do you have? I'm curious. I have... Eight younger, you have six. six. Yeah, Shlami's from a family of nine. And you're from seven. I'm from a family of seven. Okay, I'm also one of nine, but I'm four. But yeah, my older sister's a pretty, like, good, like, big doctor. So, like, like she took care right. of it. Yeah. Um, There's something about that oldest position in the family. Yeah, is, I was going to ask you, like, is that how you, like, kind of raise your kids now? Like, because you see, like, the confidence builder, like, you guys give them a lot of independence. We do. We really do. My kids are very um, independent. 
I'm very much the style of believing that allowing kids to do as much as they could possibly do that's age appropriate. Um, so from a young age, like my kids will wake up themselves to go to school. I'm not waking them up. I'm not standing by their bed, making them get up. I teach them, you know, responsibility, but like as much as they can possibly do for their age, that's obviously appropriate. I'm very into my kids having a childhood, you know, we're not running. I mean, you know, so that's a very big part of what we do of our attitude to raising our kids. Definitely you know, letting them yeah. be as independent as they can, solving their own problems, things like that. Um, so, so back to like the magazine. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm just like, I don't really get it. Like you're a teacher and you're a scribe. <laughs> you have a background in cooking, a background in like, where did that, you have a passion for food? Did you always have we that? We both have a huge passion on food, yes. Yeah, we're both very passionate about food and cooking. We had subscriptions to like every single magazine. None of them were kosher. That's where the idea kind of came from. Yeah. I'm also, like, I think I'm also very, I get very passionate about, like, certain ideas. So I like, I like the idea that as kosher keeping people were so into food and there was nothing that represented us also, like, sort of bothered me. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted something to represent kosher, but, like, the way, the way it really is, because the way that we eat is on the same level, if not even higher than everybody else. And so you have publications dedicated to every other cuisine and lifestyle, and then kosher takes such a back seat. I was very passionate about representing kosher. So that was a very big driving force. And it's very hard to understand, even myself looking back, to even explain why, like why and how I started a magazine. It's just really hard to explain that like, out of the blue, it was literally out of the blue. Like one day I was like, I'm just gonna like, do why this. Not? Yeah. I remember, I remember the numbers you were telling me, like just in ads, we were going to get that first issue. Yeah. Like we just, we just threw a number out there and we also overprinted we the first oh, issue. Oh, we overprinted, yeah. we over, yeah. But yeah, the funny thing is we actually have relationships with some companies that Sh Shifra, I wasn't doing sales at that time. Shifra stormed into offices. Of, I was so confident. I was like, she just went in, no appointments. Yeah. And we actually have relations with some people. There's this one person that we still today will tell you, he remembers Shifra coming in and just like, like, you guys need to advertise, like, why not? And they still work with us till today. Yeah. I think it was also like the point where we were in our life. We were going through secondary infertility. So like, this was a very big distraction. I think that's the only way I could explain it. I think if I wasn't going through that, we would have just continued on our other path. Because of that, I just like needed something. So for me, I think it was just a really good distraction and almost like therapeutic to just get very like focused on something else. I think that was a big part of it, if yeah. I have to say, like, what drove me to do it. Okay, so not to focus too much on the secondary infertility, but I just, like, I'm just, like, noticing, like, where it's landing on me is that, like, that's, that's like, first of all, thank you for sharing. Second of all, I'm sorry that you went through that. And third of all, um, that's really interesting. I'll tell you why. Because, um, so I do counseling, right? I counsel people on intuitive eating, and I help them have a healthy relationship with food. So I have the nutrition background but I also am doing the counseling and um, it's a really interesting thing to hear like when I help people here heal their relationship with food to help them heal their relationship with themselves it's sort of a lot of times like a parallel and um, you know a lot of times when we go through like a really big like life challenge it like sort of redirects us and it's like yeah. so bad during the time but like reflecting on it it's like so powerful and interesting 
And I guess like, like, I mean, you can answer it more, but like, I guess when you guys got married, you probably shared this passion for cooking and recipes, right? And yeah. then never assumed that it would be like a business, but like now, um, here you guys are, right? So like, that's really like, I just want people to hear that. Like you guys like took that passion. Well, the we do have, we, I do want to chime in here and say that because we, we did have two kids already, mm-hmm. um, it didn't really, we weren't so bogged down with it. Like we, we, we were trying and doing our thing. Um, it definitely played a, played a part in our lives. But we didn't. We weren't consumed by it. And uh, right, I was... think we 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 tried. We did a few things, and then it was very difficult. It was very challenging. Um, but we just we decided to not to not obsess. You can't not obsess about it. I was still you you obsess about it. You like fake obsess. You're like I'm not gonna obsess about it, but then you sort of secretly do. Right, right. So that's the way we were. But um, because of that, we, but I think the yeah. funny the, the the I mean God has funny ways. Yeah. We, we have a third child now and um it was it was like after we like we really made our peace with it we were very happy with our it lives. took us a long time to make a, our peace with yeah it. but but it was funny like when we did also like out of the blue and it was just like with no there was no other intermediaries yeah it just yeah the end of the story is basically after 10 years we got pregnant and had a baby so we have a 10-year gap but like that baby was the biggest we, surprise and it came to, at the point where we had a lot of travel plans so that had to wow. be cut it was very funny we, we were basically like, came out of retirement we came to the point of it wasn't just like oh we're gonna accept it and move on with life it was like the point of saying this is so cool look how lucky we are right wow and then we had a baby right wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the end of the story wow that's crazy. I, i'm sorry that's like insane so in a way, like, do you guys feel like the, the magazine was like your baby? Like you were like putting in all Yeah, that we stuff? definitely do feel definitely. that way. Definitely, yes. 100%. Okay, I hope it's okay to ask but do you feel like if you would have had more kids at that time, you wouldn't have been able to take the magazine? Where yeah, there's no way. We wouldn't have, we would have either, if we, we would have either stopped, we would have just shut it down. Um, we never would have started, but then if we, let's say within two or three years, we would have had a baby, we wouldn't have finished it. Right. And the reason we were also, I think, able to work together so smoothly was also because of that. Like our kids were already in pre, like our two kids in pre and first grade, you know, that age where they're like, you know, in school, most of the day, you have a lot of free time. You have a lot of time for yourself. You have a lot of time for each other. So that's also what helped us work together as a couple. Again, if we would have had five other kids at the same time, I don't know how possible that would be. It would be too stressful. Okay. So something that you guys do so well, which I don't, I'm sure it's intentional, but it's part of your brand is like positive food vibes, obviously you're yeah. food amazing, but um, my goal is to instill um, the joy of eating and the joy of food and take away that guilt and pain. So if you guys want to talk about it together or separately, like what was the, what's your relationship with food now? What was it like as a kid? Was there a lot of diet culture? I mean, it's a tough one. yeah, I think growing it's, up, we share a passion for food, but we also share an experience of growing up in a time. We both grew up in the nineties. You know, we were both like, that's when we were adolescents and that's the time where I think both our parents didn't handle, um, weight issues the way, well, well they we, didn't handle the way we handle it now. No, not at all. Way, uh, yeah, we were, we both, we both shared the experience of being put on a diet as a child. Um, so we definitely have that experience between us. Um, 
what would we, what can I say about it? I don't Listen, know. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I think I just, I came to the point of realizing later on, obviously, I think I was about 16 or 17, realized that, you know, your, your body's, I realized that I had friends who were like size twos and size fours that weren't even happier than I was. Right. And I realized that that doesn't make you happy or whole as a person, you know? So I sort of started to realize that your, your body size doesn't reflect who you are. It shouldn't define you. Um, even though like till today, it's very difficult because that's how even, I think even women or other people define you by your size. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, but I realized that around 16, I think 17. And I just was like, I, I never went on a diet since then, um, even for my wedding, um, even after I gave birth. But I also married someone who didn't expect that of me either. You have a, you have a woman's perspective. I have a guy's perspective. What's my perspective, perspective is basically we live around food. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in a, in a, in a non-Jewish world, but in a, in a Jewish world, in a religious world, it's kind of like it's always there. Anytime you're celebrating, anytime you're mourning, anytime you're, whatever it is, is always food. And you just gotta, you just gotta learn to live with it and be okay with it. I personally, I know like when it comes winter, now I'm talking about, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on a few pounds. And then when it comes summer, I hope, and for the most part it does happen. I do, I, I do much more exercise. I bike, I, I, I swim. And for the most part that balances it out. But, um, for many, many years, I, I was consumed by being careful and diets up and down, and it never really got me anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere. I think especially the younger you start with this whole diet, um, the worse it is for you. I feel like if anybody wants to, you know, we, it also took us time to develop this understanding of why you eat and how to think about food. So this was just re like recently, I know this whole, you know, more a positive attitude about food is very trendy, I would say, right. in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually went to a health coach recently, I think it was two years ago. And that was very therapeutic because her whole um, perspective, which I'm sure is what you also speak to a lot, is when you eat something, instead of thinking about you know, how you're going to get fat or how it's going to affect you negatively, think about the food in a positive way. So, oh, I'm eating like, you know, a carrot's full of vitamins. It's so good for me. I'm having one slice of pizza right now because it's so delicious and, you know, whatever it is. And the piece of chocolate. So, the what? The chocolate. What about the chocolate? What's the positive? The it's, positivity? It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fat, a milk, and a, and a, and a protein. Yeah. That's, uh, and, a, and, a, and a sugar. Yes, yes. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Listen, I think growing up in that culture, like when with a with such a strong focus on dieting, mm -hmm. it affects you for the rest of your life. You, you're always, that mindset is very hard to escape from. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in general, Shifra, it, Shifra in general just is more of a deep person. Mm -hmm. And, um, you always you always see the positive people and you always like to see more than just this. like right this doesn't really no yeah i guess <laughs> um just to speak yeah. to that a little bit like i i usually get those clients now like in their 20s 30s 40s 50s plus who were put on diets as kids and like it really is it really is traumatic like i hate to be dramatic about it but it really is because it kind of it kind of like threatens their work as kids yeah. Like you're not good like this, but you'd be much better like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And we're, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, we don't blame the parents really. Like we kind of, 
try not to because it's really not their fault. It really was the culture that we put kids on diet. Now, even pediatricians are not recommending that, but it does um, affect you as you get older. And that's what like a lot of my work is making kids with food. And also, um, I want to say something else about the positive nutrition is like that's what we're teaching more now is like adding as opposed to subtracting. So like, can exactly. I add more protein? Could I add more vegetables? Could I add more nutrients? As opposed to, I don't eat pizza. I don't eat because we know it doesn't work. Like, look, it doesn't work. People who go on diets may lose weight, but they gain it back. And I, I want to also say one more thing to you, Shepra, about the whole 16-year-old thing because that's huge to be able to do. Like, you must have like a very high level of confidence because most, especially teenagers, to um, accept that. Like, oh my, like I have clients who are like in their 50s who are like. I just realized that my friends who are size two also hate their bodies. You know what I mean? Like right. as a teenager, that's like very mature. Yeah. Um, so she's very mature. Well, I'm already <laughs> <laughs> So is that is that sort of like the goal of the magazine is to is to bring joy to eating and cooking? Definitely. I mean, for sure. Um, I think that our, our joy, we're very passionate about food. We're excited about it. Um, and that comes across and, um, we're also not apologetic about it. And there's a dessert in the magazine. I'm not going to say it's so worth it or whatever, or like apologize for, you know, something decadent. I'll even go the other, the other extreme and be like, not be like, I, I, I dislike sugars and uh, a lot of healthy stuff just don't speak to me and I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be practical and uh, <clears throat> there are certain times that I'll, I'll stay away from stuff or I'll try counter it with exercise, but yeah, like I, I, I do recently, I've actually, I got turned on to um, whole Greek yogurt which I know is very trendy, these yogurt bowls. Right. And I put in, I put in um, sunflower seeds and, uh, and uh, what are they called, pepites and chia seeds. But then I top it off with uh, Ceylon and Trina. Mm-hmm. And it's probably less healthy than most, uh, most people's <laughs> breakfast. But I convinced myself that it is good. At least it has some healthy stuff in there. I mean, I think also in the magazine, what we do besides, you know, expressing like a joy for food and just more positive aspects, we definitely have surprisingly, even for Flaceships, a lot of um, good for you food. And there's a lot of focus on nutrition. Uh, We recently did an article that was called, um, we focused on creating a menu that was based on produce, right? So instead of thinking about like what your carb is going to be, what your protein is going to be, and those are both great, think about first like what your vegetable is going to be, what your produce aspect is going to be, and then build around that. So we did something like that, which I think is really interesting, Um, making like the vegetable the star. We do a lot of, we we broke down recently, we did an article on different oils, which one is good for you, which one isn't as good, just broke down things of that nature. So we do focus a lot on that, but it's not in a... It's in a very, like you mentioned, it's in a very joyful way. Um, you don't sometimes even realize you're consuming quote unquote healthy content. That's it. Yeah. Which is we found that like a lot of times people will request more healthy content or specifically healthy content and it doesn't go down as well. It's not received the same way. Right. Right. Like pe- pe- the truth is someone who's really trying to be healthy. when they see a cover of our magazine, 
It's someone who's it speak it's that. not trying to be healthy. It's someone who's like into diet. Culture, someone who yeah. exactly that's that's what I meant. Yeah. Like they see a cover with a good a good dessert or a, or a good you know meat dish or whatever it is. That's not going to speak them. If there's a salad, there's a chance maybe they'll pick it up. So definitely that more positive approach and more subtle way, if you want to call it that, definitely works better. Our best-selling magazines um, on newsstands were always the covers consistently with desserts on them. So anything dripping it is going to sell but one of our best substantially ones, more, which is so interesting. But one of our best ones had chocolate chip cookies on the cover, and no one realized that those were they were spelt? No, they were whole wheat chocolate, whole wheat chocolate cookies, chip cookies. Yeah. Wow. They actually were amazing. They were very yeah. good. Oh, I'm going to make those. Um, that's really interesting. I, I want to like give you some food for thought is that what you were saying, um, Shlomo, about, about not liking like the healthier recipes or doesn't speak to you. A lot of times when kids were put on a diet or they were restricted as kids, like that is the food that they will go towards more because like it's like diet backlash even years later. So um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like maybe that's even where your love for food came from like because that does happen like a lot of times when people like i know for me well, both our houses i mean both our houses we come from very from homes our house was always full of guests shifra's house i mean you also had guests and relatives yeah. both of our her mother's uh from a russian background always cooking her father is a a baker my father-in-law is a baker and a i would say a professional chef he actually cooked in the, he's a chef in the army right he cooked in the army my mother our house always had guests and when it came to shops we had an insane on the table we both really really enjoy the kitchen and really enjoy food yeah but it could be that it was sparked by you know being on diets and stuff it makes you more obsessed about it for mm -hmm. sure right mm -hmm. you start thinking about it so much more right. right it's really interesting i know like that's kind of where my profession was born because like i struggled with disordered eating as a teen and then i learned about uh, nutrition but it, like like i would think about recipes and food a lot and then when i started doing intuitive eating it was like oh no where's my passion for food going I still have a passion for food, definitely, but it's just, re it's really interesting, like, that, that could, that, that could happen, but, um, but yeah, your magazine definitely, like, when I watch you guys on Instagram, like, there's just so much, like, especially because you were saying before about, like, how there wasn't that, like, kosher representation, yeah, in the, right, in the food world, and, like, that's kind of, like, what I'm getting from you, like, I'm excited to keep kosher. I just watched you with Naomi Nachman. I'm like, that's such a cool recipe. Like, I love that you added like pistachios, right? And yeah, like, uh -huh. and right, and you also what you're saying about the oils and like um, the produce. I find that that's like, I, I think that that's what people really need because like, let's say for me when I uh, when I help someone with a meal plan, um, and I'm helping them budget food, so I'll tell them like, make your recipe based on what what vegetables are on sale, right? Yeah. Like people are like a little scared of the produce. People are scared of the nutrition because they never learned how to cope or that was what they used when they were on a diet. Like I'm not touching carrot sticks now because, you know, I'm not touching cottage cheese, cottage cheese now because those are like diet foods. But I love that you're, that really is the positive nutrition aspect, like using the healthier and more nutritious food in like a gourmet meal. I think that's happening naturally. I don't think, uh, I think because it's so much more accessible, um, and and a lot of a lot of the, even just the different leaves are so much more trendy. Mm -hmm. People are just it's it's exciting. I mean, I would, I pick up a salad now. Years ago, I don't know if I would have picked up a salad. 
I think, yeah, definitely today it's much more exciting to eat healthier. You go to a restaurant because and you pick up so a, many more arugula options. salad yeah. or, or a spinach salad. I mean, you have shops dedicated to healthier food. Yeah. So like back in when we were, back when we were on diets, back in the day, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you were like, what would, what would, what was what, lettuce. What, lettuce. Iceberg and romaine, and that was like, maybe. We and didn't then, have romaine, yeah. we had icebergs. I grew up in South Africa. Cantaloupe and cottage cheese is a big one from that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nowadays it's like so much more exciting. Oh, I remember we actually had a salad growing up that we used to love. It was a it was an Asian bow tie noodle salad. Oh, sorry, excuse me, one second. Okay, thank you. My mother used to make to do that. a fried pasta salad yeah i don't know what i was called a salad it wasn't a salad it wasn't a salad it sounds good you should bring that into the next it, it, it is but it's not a salad so yeah. let me just ask you a question when it comes to diet culture and your magazine can you guys um does it ever come up for you that you struggle with like um diet culture thoughts or feelings if you're surrounded by such good food all the time or it's like behind you um we don't think about it we don't think about it yeah it, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. So you don't raise your kids with that stuff either? Like, you don't put, you're not like. No, we actually, not at all. Yeah. We don't want them to become self conscious. Right. And no. they, and they're, yeah. I see on your Instagram, they are um, adventurous eaters, right? Yeah. We, ironically, we have, we have two older sons. So one is 15, one is 14. And the 15 year old was always a foodie. Like when he was three, he was eating, you know, herring, like that type of kid. And then my other son was the pasta pizza type of kid. And I think that had we not had a magazine, he would have yeah, continued. But now because he, he was so immersed in this food culture, culture in our house that he's like raw tuna, sushi. It's crazy to Rare see. Steak. Yeah. The environment you grow up in yeah. definitely affects you. There's no two ways about it. He would have just been eating schnitzel and pizza at this point but he has yeah. evolved yeah. yeah and they're both they both help cook they get involved um yeah that's we all share the passion yeah it's good for people to hear that because that's what i teach like um i don't want to bore you with it but it's called the division of responsibility so the parents decide the what the where the when and the child decides how much and if any and then there's no restrictions i mean there's, right. there's other rules like there has to be fed every two to three hours there has to be a safe food on the table but it really does cultivate that adventurous eating and like the lack of restriction. So like they don't feel like if they're at a party, they have to eat all the candy now because when they get home, their parents won't let. Exactly. Kind of what you're doing naturally. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, when we were younger, when my kids were younger, um, there were times where we, I was more into like, you could only have two lollies or only this or only that. Uh, this attitude that you just described sort of came about as we were maturing, I guess. We were like, this this is just not the way. Like, you can't tell, not you can't, you can do what you want. No, but but we, telling a kid, yeah, we changed. Could, telling we a kid, did. limiting them, limiting and stuff work. like that doesn't work. So we yeah, saw that experience. with her, yeah. Like, we know, like, our kids know when it comes to a meal, especially like when it comes to, they're not hungry during the week, they hear Shabbos, but they know, like, there always has to be a salad and they need to take salad. Mm -hmm. We're not telling them that we it's been established. It's like, you know, have whatever you want, but just make sure you have some some vegetables also, whatever it is. Oh, you're not in the mood of the salad? Yeah, you know, this is a bad the cucumber you don't like, so pull something else out. They know already. We don't even have to tell them, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I would say like the more um modern attitude came about when we were like the kids were around six, seven. Yes. Yeah. Like what you described so well, 
like, I don't think we started off like no, that. No, no, we didn't. Yeah, definitely, like, our past played into, like, a lot of what we were teaching our kids. Yeah. But then when they were, like, six, seven, we were, like, this is just not what we want to do. Yeah, I see that, like, organic change with parents who were put on diets as kids. And, you know, you do what your parents automatically yeah. kind of do what they did. And then when you're, like, wait, I hated that. Like, that mm-hmm. was so, right? So, yeah, totally. Yeah. But I think that's evolving. I think that's becoming more of what people are. It's a lot of work because these things come naturally to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so this was like awesome. And Gary, I learned so much. And you guys are so cute. Um, do you want to leave the listeners with anything else? Um, yeah, people can pick up a copy of the magazine in their local supermarkets. You can also subscribe at uh, www.flashix.com. You can follow us on Instagram. A lot of behind the scenes and uh, just fun stuff, whatever's going on at the time. Yeah. And um, hopefully you pick up the magazine, you'll find some uh, very intuitive um, reading. <laughs> eating, reading. Yeah, intuitive eating and reading, I like that. Um, okay, so I'll put all of that in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you so much for coming on, it was great. Pleasure, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Have a great day. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.